Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families. And in this episode, I have with me Emmanuel Asikwo. And did I get that right, Emmanuel? You got it perfect. 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 Yes. And Emmanuel is here to share with us about the most difficult subject people have, the one that they dread to talk about, but then that makes the world go round, which is obviously money and wealth. Welcome, Emmanuel. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, man. I'm, I've been looking forward to this all week. So thank you so much for having me. You're most welcome. So I'm just going to let you introduce yourself and tell everybody what it is that you do uh, before we jump into talking about how to handle money and discussions around money. Um, yeah, my name is Emmanuel Sikwa. I'm a financial advisor in the UK. Um, my parents are of Nigerian descent, hence why when when you pronounce my surname, that's the first time I've ever been on a, on a, on a podcast and they've actually pronounced it the correct way. In the UK, they say even a Sikwa is, 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 is a trouble, let alone a Sikwa, which is actual the correct pronunciation, which has got me feeling, feeling amazing. So um, yeah, no, I'm a financial advisor. I help businesses and individuals be better with their money make their money work help them build generational wealth that they can then pass on and and, and leave a financial legacy um, for generations to come brilliant and so Emmanuel we've had a similar discussion a few months back when you featured in uh, FB21 that was held by African family firms yes and we were talking about discussing money between couples and marriages yes and you 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 said that you know what the money discussion is a very complex one but a necessary one can you just um recap or revisit that thought yeah i think um the money conversation in a relationship is something that you know a lot of people don't really talk about i know you know when when maybe when you do your marriage counseling you know they may touch on it but you're not speaking to necessarily a financial professional they're just giving you their opinion on work for them and so when I meet couples uh, married couples or people about to get married um, we can see that people have come from different um, money backgrounds I call it so they've learned their education mainly from their parents and what they expect um, to how money should be managed in a marriage um, or in a partnership in a relationship has been has been derived from what their parents did and so we have you know some parents who are very traditional and you know mum doesn't work and dad works and makes all the money and pays all the bills and mum you know has more of a housemaker homemaker type type position we have others where you know it's 50 50 and then we have others where you know maybe the mum even work even makes more than more than I mean the wife makes more than a husband but um still they manage to have partnership and so forth so everyone has different backgrounds but the problem is is that you know you're coming into your own unique situation your own relationship and so if if there's no discussions or no plans around how money should work or how money's going to work for us that can cause a lot of tension um within a partnership within a, a marriage and it can cause for a lot of problems i think we saw in 2018 for the first time in 2018 um 
the number one reason for divorce was money money issues that was the first time ever normally it's infidelity so we're seeing that you know money money's becoming more and more of an issue as people really just want to you know have a plan for their lifestyle people are coming more financially aware we're living in hard times um with what we're going through now and so money is becoming a bigger and bigger issue what what do you think is the is the root of people not being comfortable speaking about money especially when you look at situations of couples or families because mm. a, a couple and a family unit is probably the most intimate units um, in human relationships and so not being able to to talk about money where does this come from i think um it that it comes from people it's, it's hard to talk about money now for some people because i guess money has always been associated with power okay mm-hmm. so in a in a in a marriage in a relationship the person who is making the most money normally is the person who is the one calling the shots and making making the decision and that's how it's been generations past but we're living in a, in a new time where you know um people are independently together which is um i'm we're both making money but um on our in our own name in our own right and then but we're still together so what's happening is is that people are maybe struggling to want to submit to um what may be best for for the for both people because they have their own goals and their own plans and their own life ambitions that they're trying to achieve and and it causes arguments in regards to who what roles people should play and again people don't want to play roles like we come from generations of, you know, um, people deciding, you know, these are the roles that men and women play within a within a marriage and this is how we're going to make it work. And now all of that's being, you know, kind of thrown in the bin and a lot of people want, don't want to play roles and want to have their own positions and make, make up their own new rules, which is something that people are struggling with and having to get adapt to. Yeah, I think um, one of the most, the most powerful thing you said right now to me is, is power. Um, and power okay let's let's talk about power for a moment because I think the word power in itself holds a certain um, influence on our psyche Mm. that we already feel something of strength of um, and but is it is it the power is it a positive one or is it a negative one? And how do we make it into a positive one if it is a negative one? I, I believe in, in relationships, the way that money has been used as power has been negative. Mm-hmm. It has been used mainly to um, withhold or downplay or disempower uh, women. And it has made women become almost you know, slaves to their husbands. And I know that word is quite, you know, provocative in, in our culture, but um, I see it in, you know, especially like I said, I come from Nigerian background. So I see it and I see, you know, I've seen it in my own household where, you know, my dad made the majority of the money. He's the only one that drives. And so, you know, he has a certain power, certain control that, you know, I said to myself, I'd make sure that, you know, when I get married, I, I wouldn't, my wife drives, she makes her own money, she makes her own income. Like, I feel like we should, they shouldn't, we shouldn't allow, you know, money to rue who got, what goes on. No matter, in my family, no matter who makes the money, the money comes in and we we distribute it as a, as a team. 
So it doesn't matter. There's not, oh, I make 80% of the money, you make 20. So I get to make 80% of the decisions. That, that, to me, that doesn't work. That's not, that's not a marriage. That's not a relationship. That's a dictatorship. And, and for me, I feel that it's really important that it's, it's our goals. So as much as I might be making the most money, I have to also make sure I'm empowering my wife. I'm, what is her dreams? What are her goals? We're here together. It's not just one person sacrificing their life to uphold or build the other person. It's a partnership. Do you know what I mean? And you only got one life. You can't, I don't feel like it's fair unless the person decides that that's what they want to do, that one person should give up all their dreams and goals so the other person can succeed. I feel like it should be a partnership. Mm. And it's, it really should be a partnership. Now, when you look at it uh, from a family business point of view, obviously mm. you'll have two parties. It might be husband and wife that have come together to set up this family business. Or in some cases, you might have the wife set up the family business and the husband join it or um, yes. the husband set up the family business and the wife join it. And yes. that obviously is already a complex relationship within itself because notwithstanding mm. um the money conversation I'm assuming mm. only is possible in um, an environment where there was already a relationship that was strong and encouraged yes. communication. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. The communication is so important. Um, I've, I've seen it, like you said, a lot of the time where, you know, a, a husband might be making money, working, employed, um, might then give some money to the wife so she can start her business and then her business flourishes. Mm. And the husband says, well, why am I here dealing with bosses talking to me recklessly? I'm going to go and leave. I'm leaving here. I'm joining the, the family business and then wants to, you know, become the boss of a business that's already been doing well with, without him and without his, his day-to-day input. Mm. And so again, these can cause arguments and it's about communication. It's about understanding roles and understanding just because you're a man, um, it, it doesn't mean that you must be CEO just because you know leaders can lead from different positions you don't have to be you know the 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 the, the one calling all the shots to be the leader of the team and so for me it's about understanding who is best who has the best skills and the best fit to make make it work and that like you said it requires communication and then we have to ask ourselves are we ready for that conversation are we ready as and i'm saying when i say we i mean men are we ready as men to say that actually in this situation my wife is better placed to be the boss of this particular business and i and i'm going to play a role that supports her and that doesn't make me any less of a man i'm not sure too many of us are because when we go to meet our friends for drinks or go and watch football with our mates they might be taking the mick out of us and and, and that that plays on our ego and, so, and that's something that we have to deal with if we want to thrive as a community and 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 overcome all the barriers that are already in front of us we can't then start putting barriers amongst ourselves in our businesses and why do you think there is that prejudice? I mean, like, obviously, they, like you said, there's so many narratives that you've, you've literally opened this, unpacked this box. <laughs> the first narrative being that um, the reason other men would make fun of a man is because traditionally in our mindsets, in our mind frame, mm. men are providers or they're the, they're the ones with wealth and they're the only ones entitled to wealth from what I mm. get from this. And um, so that making it seem that even when women are wealthy, there is no, there's really any positive narrative when it comes to women who've made their own money. There's always that judgment. How did she make the money? How is it possible? Because obviously a woman cannot make money on her own. How do we then bring that 
conversation to a full full turnaround to a situation where people understand that a person is a person gender does not really play into it in the way in the way that people assume it does all the time i think a lot you said so many things that i just love um mm. i think the biggest thing is it comes to culture mm. our cu- culture culture is is pushed and said that you know women get in the kitchen learn from mom how to do this how to be a housewife how to how to look after your husband the pressures on women to get to get married men go out and work and when you're ready find a woman and you know in fact don't just find a woman that's your equal find a younger girl so that you can control her and you know you can you can have control over the situation and so forth these are the these are the things that are are, are pushed into into young people and into us as people from a young age with regards to culture Mm -hmm. then when you talked about you know women when you that that whole narrative in regards to when a woman is successful she's either it's either she slept her way to the top or or she's just wicked and mean and you know she's you know when a man is up front or a man is um, dominant or a man is outspoken you know it's it's, he's he's an alpha male when a woman does it she's rude she's obnoxious she's 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 not it's, it's taken in such a more negative context. Mm-hmm. And so until we can start to say that men and women are really equal, which I don't believe, you know, most people believe, I feel like, you know, we, we still live in, in a time where we feel women have certain roles to play and men have certain roles to play and everyone should play it for the balance and equilibrium of how, you know, life should be. But I'm seeing women every day doing my job that are making, you know, huge, the most money in the house. I'm talking... 70 80 percent of the income in the house is from 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 a woman but she's still looking after her children she's still cleaning the house she's still doing all and that is a lot of pressure mm-hmm. that is a lot of pressure that when a woman is successful she still has to play the, the the wifely role and do all of that and are we are we really caring about our women if we if we're not providing the support mm-hmm. before them do you know what i mean and it's, mm-hmm. it's for me it's about understanding the balance that okay look if if I'm a man and I know that when I go to work and I make all this money, I'm too tired to come back and clean and do all this other stuff, then when the roles are reversed, we have to look at how do we support, you know, the, the main breadwinner, how do we support them and play our role and be bene- beneficial to our family. I'm seeing women still coming back and having to do the homework for their children whilst preparing p- reports for the next day. Mm, is this, mm. what kind of life is this? Mm. And then now this plays also when you start looking at um, the generational wealth transfer, obviously, because Mm. there's already this picture of what women should be and how women are. How will then that translate to a woman taking over the top position in a family business or being given the opportunity to take over uh, a top position in the family business? And even their shareholding that a, a, a girl child, a woman, would be given in a, in a situation where there is also male members of the family. Yeah, I think, you know, it's so difficult. We see, even with, when it comes to like inheritance and passing things on, all of a sudden it's the, it's the first son that must inherit the, the money and make the decisions or the and then the oldest and it, sometimes it's just not it's not split equally and and so then it becomes difficult um and then also you know there's the fear of oh she'll get married go to another family and take that money outside of our our estate or take it out of our family somewhere mm-hmm. else and, and so these are 
more hurdles that we're putting in place. And so for me, I feel like we have to look at, you know, putting things in place to make sure that we all we all succeed. If we if we really care about our bloodline and our generation and, and, and the next generation, then it, we have to make sure that we're looking after all fairly, whether that's male or female, and make sure that, you know, we're putting things in place that are, are adequate for our fat, for our children and our children's children. Yes. And how do you think um, we should start introducing the topic of money to our children? And also, okay, let's start there because my follow-up question is, is very much based on the different sexes of the children as well. Yes. Yes. I think when it comes to children, like with my children, I don't necessarily teach them solely about money. I teach them the importance of value and understanding that you know value if they're able to create value then money will come Mm -hmm. so really working on the skills that they have so for my children for example you know they I like them to do drama so they can be comfortable speaking in public and and and, you know if they're in a board meeting they're confident to raise their voice I I get them to do you know obviously read and try and read books outside to expand their knowledge so they can have an opinion and we do debates like why do you have that opinion what 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 made you formulate that so again these this is them preparing I get them to do martial arts to you know to build up their confidence and their and and their self-assurance and and so for um, they're going to do um, programming so that they can understand even if they never want to do it or it role it's a skill that they have that they can create value from for me i focus on value and then it's about with my kids it's about when you when they do get money it's about splitting it so you know you can't just spend 100 percent of the money that you get coming in because in life when you work you don't get 100 percent of that money there's tax there's all these other things that you have to pay there's bills and so forth so for me even as a young child when they get when their auntie gives them 10 pounds or 20 pounds or 50 pounds they're going to know that you know a portion of that will be saved and invested for them for their future a portion of that they can put towards what they want to buy if what they want to buy costs more than what they have they'll have to continue to save that to get what they want and then a portion needs to go to to charity to give back to those that are less fortunate because they need to understand that they are in a fortunate position due to the work that you know my parents and and now me have created for them and they need to understand that you know this is not normal that we've it's come come on the back of hard work and they must be a portion to give back because it's important to build character as well I'm seeing I meet very you know affluent young people who have you know inherited from their parents and they've got money they're very smart but they haven't got a great personality they haven't they haven't they're not really in tune or in touch of you know humanity because Mm -hmm. they've always had always got and they will always continue and in their mind that's what's most important and so for me it's about character as well and giving back Mm -hmm. and I think the other thing is it's the the attitude our children have is actually mm. is a learned attitude yes like you said um you're teaching your children now you're teaching them the ideas of value and mm. the ideas of what um are you are you creating something that's of value and how do you think like obviously with this the whole gender divide is still very very rampant Mm. in the world across the world there's no one who's immune to it and that relationship with money as humanity uh, the the relationship with money for women and the relationship with for money with men is completely different how do we then take our children and try to 
equally impress the same value on them without using the prejudices that we were raised in and automatically default to? Yes. And you know what? I love that question because that question requires us to actually look at ourselves and not our children. Mm. And, and, and I think a lot of the time when we, when we look at when things go wrong, a lot of the time we want to blame the people that maybe are making the mistakes or people that are, are things are not going well for. So I give the example of, you know, university and, you know, black children doing well up until university and then not getting the grades by the end of university as other, other peers that came in with the same, you know, school qualifications. And a lot of the time you'll say, oh, what more can we do for the black kids? But actually what we need to do is look at the, 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 the tutors and, and the lecturers and, and the people in power and, and what prejudice do they have that they're now putting onto, the, the, onto this community. And it's the same as in regards to our children, we, it's not something, it's something that we have to look at ourselves and say, what are the prejudices that I have? What are the things that I have? What are the things that I can change? Because again, I mean, we see it with everything that's happening, you know, across Africa, but in, in Nigeria recently um, and with the young people and their uprising and what's happening to them. And, and actually, I think a lot of adults and a lot of people in senior parties and have to look at themselves and say, what are the prejudices that I'm 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 benefiting from and that I'm putting onto other people and I'm saying, oh, you're not ready or or putting you down or making you have to change. Well, actually the change needs to come from within. And I think a lot of the time, if we want to see, I want, I've got two daughters. I want them to have the exact same opportunities as my two sons. And if I want that, I need to make sure that I raise them equally. I make, I raise them and I, and I speak to my, my boys and make them understand, you know, that, you know, that as, as being male, they will have privilege and that what they need to do with that and how they need to use it in the right way. And also get my, get my daughters to understand that, you know, they will, the world will try and put limitations on them, but the only limitations that are there are within them and they have to overcome them. And so, and I have to empower them to know that, you know, they can rise above all of the challenges that they're going to face and try and create a platform for them to, you know, excel. Mm. And from basically from what you're saying, I'm getting the concept that it begins with me. It yes. begins with me. So it's not waiting for somebody else to go to come out there and, and make the difference for me or waiting for someone else to come and save me. But for me to actually be my the person who spearheads initiatives that starts teaching my children within my family businesses, start um, teaching the people who work within the family business to 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 start looking past the prejudices that the society may impose on them. And, and obviously if it starts with me, it flows to the next person, it's a ripple effect. Exactly. And that, and that's what it's about. It's about, it's about, yes, you've got a family business, but it doesn't mean that, you know, your daughter has to go and work in HR and your son is going to work in, in management. Like, you know, look at the skills that they have, really empower all of them, give them a chance to work, work or learn in all the different departments and see who excels best in those different roles. And then put, use that as a, as a guide to what position um, a person a child will take within the business if they are going to come and work within the business I don't feel I feel like a lot of the time we have already preconceived notions of who will take over what and who will who will do what in in our businesses but based on gender which if we when when you say it like that seems very very uneducated and very very crazy a crazy thing to to think this is this is culture has or the society has made it a norm that you know if you if you're a man this is the role for you and if you're a woman this is the the role for you which 
we have to destroy. We have to change that. I mean, like you said, it has to come from within. And then we also have to empower those that are around us. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, you, if you've got a business and you've got friends and family that are around you, let them know your, your ethos. Let them know what you're doing. Let them know how you're running your business and, and have discussions and debates with, with those people around you so, to, so that, you know, the, the children that are growing up under, uh, in and around your, your, your region or in and around you can understand the, the, the better, better way to think and a better way to live. Hmm. And so how do you then handle those people who are close to you, who have influence on you, your family and your business, who then completely refuse to embrace this ethos and and refuse to embrace this thought process where there is equal opportunities for every family member? I think it's so difficult to change somebody else's mind because mm-hmm. a lot of time there are so many preconceived notions so much so much of this has been trained and taught um over their lifetime that you know one encounter with you is going to be very difficult to change the 20 30 years of of understanding something in a certain way but i think what the best way to do it is to show lead by example and to show results i mean if you if you are making these changes and, and you are empowering women within your business and, and your business is thriving the numbers will talk for itself mm-hmm. and so I think sometimes you, you might have to take a risk and you might have to take a chance and say okay well I'm going to imp- empower this this woman or I'm going to let this woman and and she might be the that might be the first time a woman has taken that position within your business or, or in your organization but empower them and, and, and let them thrive and give them the the, the, the training and, and, and the investment and your time to empower them. And then when they're succeeding, then share those results with those around you because they can't argue with that. If somebody, if you empower someone within your business and they now help that business grow 20, 30% growth, then that can't be argued with. And so for me, it's about, okay, you can't necessarily always change people just from conversations, but you can, you know, make it work for you and then share those results. Mm. Brilliant. Excellent. And then when it comes to speaking on and thinking about wealth transfer, what are the key issues do you think that families should have or individuals that have substantial wealth should be thinking on in terms of planning out their transfer of wealth and also making considerations for family members in relation to that transfer? I I think the biggest thing is to have a plan. I think a lot of the time people don't seek advisors that can help them get a plan because mm-hmm. who are you leaving this money to? How much are you leaving to who? What, what do you want to do? And are you going to leave it in a trust? Like, and, and this is something that a lot of people don't think about. For me, I've had, I've seen, you know, really thought about maybe do I really want to gift all of this money or all of these assets to two children who maybe when they get it, can then let this break down and it doesn't reach generations? Or should I be looking at trying to put some of that into a, into a trust and, and my children can only benefit from the income of that trust to ensure that this money you know, carries on beyond generations and generations will be able to benefit from the work that you're doing now. Mm-hmm. I think also it's about empowering the next generation. A lot of the time we make these decisions without even talking to our, our, our children and understanding, do they want to take over the business? Do they, is that their desire? Do they want, mm-hmm. do they, is that their passion or do they have a, a passion to do something else? Mm-hmm. Um, and, some, and who should be in charge? So even if they take over, even if they take over you know, the ownership of, of the company 
do they need to be running the GM running the day-to-day management of that or is there someone else better suited um, and have we empowered them to ensure that they have the knowledge to make sure that they use that what we're leaving to them in the right way to ensure that they that is then left to the next generation I, I see it where you know it takes a few generations to build up and then it can take one or two to destroy and have to start all over again and so for me it, it's about understanding that it's not just about you know having trusts and wills and all of this type of stuff to put things in place but it's also about ensuring that the people that we are living leaving the money to have the knowledge the understanding and the right mindset to make it carry on mm-hmm. and what you said is a lot of powerful points that speak into taking time to think about it and not making rash decisions and yeah. rash decisions and also i think um something that's critical is not to wait to have to make a decision Mm. and that usually happens when people are in cases of emergency or people are in cases where the inevitable has already happened so how important is is that fact it is so important you know the saying goes you know if you fail to plan you plan to fail Mm. and i think for a lot of us we have worked so hard we have sacrificed so much to get to where we're getting to nothing nothing for us is just you know given on a plate it's Mm. worked for and even when you even if it is handed to you to keep it it's just as hard as as or even harder than it was to make it so it's one of those things that we have to plan what what is how we're going to pass this on what how we're going to leave this to the next generation what things are we going to put in place to ensure that you know our hard work our efforts um carry on because we know that we've seen it where you know families have gone from affluence to to poverty and and it's very very hard to get back to affluence and Mm. you know generations will spend years talking about oh but my granddad used to do this or my parents used to do this or i come from a rich family but now well it's about planning Mm-hmm. It's about planning this way in before. And I, the people that succeed the most are ones where their parents have planned way before they were, were even old enough to even get into position mm-hmm. of what's going to happen, how it's going to work and how it's going to carry on and then passed you on the blueprint. So this is how we've managed to pass it to you. You do the same to pass it on to the next. And, and planning, planning, planning is so important. Planning, planning, planning is so important. Well, thank you so much, Emmanuel, for joining me today on Enterprising Families and for just sharing with us your thought processes on family businesses and planning for wealth, especially when integrating the next generation and starting to plan early. And I think, like I said, like you said, planning, planning, planning. Is there any final words that you would like to share with people? Um, I guess my final words is that, you know, for whoever's listening, we are, as a people, we're doing amazing things. We have come so far. Um, Let's not do all the hard work and not finish it off. Let's not put the bow on it. Let's wrap it up and make sure we're we're planning our financial legacy. We're planning how we're leaving our money to the next generation. And we're really finishing it off and, and have a plan for our money and and the future and, you know, keep working hard, keep being great. And, you know, we'll change generations to come. Amen. Brilliant. And um, I would just like you to just share with us how people can get hold of you if they want to engage you further. Sure. So um, the website is www.emmanuel, so that's E-M-M-A-N-U-E-L, Asuquo, S-A-U-Q-U-O, and .com. So 
Yep, that's the that's the website there. And it's team at emmanuelsuko.com is the email. So please do feel free to get in, in contact. And um, we're here to help. Brilliant stuff. Thank you so much, Emmanuel. Thank you.